Hello right. and welcome to Seen a Nerd. <laughs> we are on hiatus break, break. I don't know what I was saying there, but we are on hiatus break and we're back talking summer movies, TV, doing a little bit of an arrow recap and just hanging out with my buddy Will. Good evening, sir. How are you, Will? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you? Are you, um, yeah. Yeah. Still, still trying to recover from the, uh, from the flash, um, finale. Uh, I think everyone is still, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, we're all past the finales for all our various, various Arrowverse shows and we're still, uh, you know, recapping and re, 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 uh, retreading everything uh we saw and uh you know just trying to fill that gap until october is um do they say that the first week of hiatus is the hardest it is the hardest i i i uh thankful that um you know flashpoint was on last night and uh, i think uh i think this week all the series are dropping on netflix so people can can binge so uh, it was, you know, it was interesting watching Flashpoint again after after the finale and sort of seeing how the, the various threads tied together uh, with the paradox. So when you say Flashpoint, do you mean um, that movie they made a few years ago, no. or are you talking the first episode? Uh, of the first episode three? of a uh, first episode of season three. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. My uh, mind went immediately to the animated movie. Yeah, well, if you haven't checked the animated movie, listeners, go check it out. It's very, very well done. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, well, well, that's cool. And, and I like that. I think last week when we were talking about it, we sort of indicated that there was some parallelism to how it began and how it ends, which um, made it a pretty strong finish. Yeah. And and they actually gave us closure, unlike Arrow season five, which Ooh. left us which with one of the most bizarre cliffhangers they've had, at least in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> they blew up an island, Will. They blew up an island. I don't even island. know if that's possible. <laughs> even you, you got spoiled by the island getting blown up, and you're and you're still left with this sense of this open-ended cliffhanger nonsense or or maybe it was a good thing what do you think <laughs> okay so i still i don't know if it was a good or bad thing because it all depends on like that first episode of season six and how i feel about it because they have indicated that there's not going to be any flashbacks they blew up lian yu so which is indication that you know what Seasons one through five are kind of its own entity. Mm-hmm. And so now to we're going to hit the refresh button and do a soft reboot. So in that regard, I kind of like it because you're kind of like moving on and moving past the story that was tell, told between seasons one and season five. Yeah. But at the same time, there are, they they did it in a way that also made you want to think like there's a good chance that a lot of key characters are dead. 
However, if you're a true fan of the show, you already know who's coming back. Yeah. And so it kind of negates itself. And I really hate when stakes do that and when writers do that because it makes me I just don't think it's good storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, it's, you know, it, uh, that is kind of what I think some of the quibbles folks had about the, the, the Flash ending, too, is that, um, you know, we all know that Iris is going to live, especially when they had the upfronts with her clearly listed, uh, Candace listed as a cast member and stuff. But getting back to Arrow, right. um, you know, I think you brought up the, the, notion of a season six maybe being a soft reboot do you think Mm -hmm. season five actually was that soft reboot because i mean it's no secret that seasons three and four people you know overall fandom was i think it's fair to say generally disappointed with how those two seasons played out um do you think this season with prometheus and everything with chase was actually that reboot so Yes, in one regard, by uh, Lee and you getting vaporized, um, ends that storyline. Do you think it was already a pivot to to opening up uh, a new part of the uh, part of the show? Well, for the sake of just saying the word pivot, yes, <laughs> it was a pivot. <laughs> Sorry. Will, I don't think we've ever talked about my obsession with Friends, and there's an episode, classic episode of Friends, where they're moving a couch, and all you hear is Ross and Chandler yell back and forth at one another, pivot, pivot. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as he said it, my mind went there. It could be a a confess fee or whatever to help. Uh, Trump tried to his tweet last night, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and but I'll I'll digress back to Arrow talk and yeah. um, say that I I think as much as it felt re um, revitalized in a way, and uh, you felt like you were seeing the Arrow that you left on you left off with back in the season two finale. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there's a lot of stuff that um, Adrian Chase and the team and Oliver's journey this year that kind of tied everything together. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was exactly this season being that soft reboot so much as tying up all the loose threads as well as um, planting some seeds for the road the road ahead. Yeah. Well, I think it seems that there's still no clear resolution on the whole notion of does Oliver kill or he doesn't kill. I mean, it seems to be left somewhat ambiguous the way they, they left it. I mean, with, especially with Chase, uh, you know, he, Oliver definitely, you know, was not going to give Chase the satisfaction of, and ending his ending Chase's life, but right. Um, but at the same time, it, it seemed that if if push comes to shove and he needed to, you know, to kill again, to kill someone, he 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 still left that option on the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I found to me um, really interesting about that scene, and as soon as it happened, 
when um, Adrian Chase kills himself, um, my mind went to back to earlier this season about how when we're all speculating who um, Prometheus was, I kind of wrote Adrian Chase off because in the books, Adrian Chase is a vigilante. And if I've performed my Google searches correctly, I understand that the vigilante actually kills himself in the books too. Hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting how the writers decided to use that dual identity and kind of honor both characters in a in a way. And I'm kind of surprised I didn't call it from the get-go that by the end of the year, he's going to do that. Yeah. Well? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm not as familiar with a lot of the the source material for Arrow, but, um, you know, to that point, uh, it, it, it was, um, seeing that, seeing how it played out with Chase being Prometheus, um, and, you know, again, drawing that moral dilemma, um, to its fullest, you know, conclusion, with Oliver, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, to me as a as a as a casual era viewer, it, it left me very satisfied. Yeah, yeah, um, and now we're most likely to see Daddy Oliver in season six, right? Right, we are. <laughs> Which okay, we were talking last week about Black Lightning, and mm-hmm. so when I was watching the finale of Arrow, I was like. Oh, that's cool. We're going to have two superhero dads on the network. <laughs> I don't know why I like that, but I think it's it's nice because now that we have all of these heroes, you kind of have both Supergirl and The Flash in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so it would be cool to have um, Oliver and or Green Arrow and Black Lightning to mirror each other in that regards to their Family responsibilities. Yes, which I guess leads to my question. So, who, you know, when we saw the explosion, so do you think Samantha makes it, or do you think she is one of the uh, casualties of, of, of the Allen just getting destroyed? Well, I, I think there was a reason why they showed that very short scene between Samantha and Felicity. Mm-hmm. And Samantha says, I'm not getting on a plane. I'm not leaving this island. Um, and I and I think that um, however they survive it, she's she's more likely to be a casualty than I, I feel like anybody else who's currently alive. And it would... It would be kind of annoying if nobody died, so I think Samantha's kind of the easy choice, and that allows you to truly go after this idea of Oliver trying to be a single parent and a vigilante and have, like, this ex-fiance and trying to hook up with her and then have not his ex-girlfriend but the identical twin of his Mm ex-girlfriend run around star city so he's got a lot to deal with yeah he's got a lot to deal with and then of course emily bett at the heroes and the villains uh con in in england over the weekend kind of 
dropped a, I don't know if it was a tease or maybe just wishful thinking of a potential uh, love triangle between Felicity, um, Oliver, and uh, Black Siren. Yeah, what did you think about that? Did you, do you, are you curious about that or are you just like, what kind of retread mess is this? It's kind of retread mess is this, but it's the, C, <laughs> but it's, it's the CW, so you know it's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually didn't catch that um, bit of news. I I try to stay away from the news that includes Laura. Nah, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> however, I will say that I have to admit, episode 10 of the season, Who Are You?, is kind of, um, I, I want to say either my favorite or my second favorite episode of the entire season. And as much as I didn't want Katie Cassidy to come back on the show, I have to agree with what Emily Bett says. There was something about that dynamic between that character at Felicity Smoke that I thought was so intriguing. Um, and we haven't really shown before. I mean, we, we're so used to all of these guys having their arch nemesis, but for some reason, it was Felicity, and she was trying to take town um, Black Siren, and I don't know. I, I So if they're going to do that, I'm all for it in the sense that have it mirror what they accomplished in that episode. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll see if uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, of... Well, we know how it's going to play out, right? Yeah. Oh, no. oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, it's no question, no question. But uh, if uh, what I meant by that was more, uh, if they if they do incorporate that into the story, because you know you raise a you know get back to your earlier point about Oliver having to to juggle responsibilities of being, of course, the Green Arrow, of course, being mayor of Star City, and now potentially being a, a single father, and how you know how that you know dynamic will play out as far as he, he tries to juggle all those responsibilities. Um, you know, it, it, it could, you know, if, if it is a soft reboot for in season six, as far as uh, new Oliver, um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how they, how they build that dynamic and play it out throughout the season. Especially if, um, if at the end of the season, Oliver finally does learn to forgive himself, um, what Slade was telling him that he needs to do or his past will keep haunting him. I It'll think be that was pretty clear. Well, well what I was going to say was that it'll be interesting to see a man who's we've seen for years um, try to redeem himself, go after this um, doppelganger and try to redeem her. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like um, this this notion of, like, I've saved myself, so now I can save you. But can you really save anybody? It's really their choice to save themselves. So it'll. I think they might play that angle a little bit. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see, yeah. So in the meantime, you're also watching this show called The Man in the High Castle? Yeah, yeah. I just discovered it. Uh, this weekend, uh, watched the, the pilot episode, and uh, that's uh, part of my dis- discovery new shows over hiatus. Um, 
really enjoyed it for for those of you who haven't heard of it. It's uh, essentially the uh, it's a show on Amazon, and the basic premise of the show is um, uh, it's set in 1962 America, where the Axis powers uh, won World War World War Two. So half of the United States is divided up. Uh, it's the, the United States is divided up into basically three zones. You have the East Coast, basically to you know just a pad west of the Mississippi, as held by Nazi Germany. You have a neutral zone in the middle of the country, and then the uh, west coast is obviously held by the by the Japanese. And um, you know the really interesting things in the in the pilot was just sort of seeing how uh, there's this underground um, who it, you know just sort of introduced some of these characters. And and part of the underground is uh, seeing some uh, film of right. what um, what what's interesting in the film is to well, at least to us in our real world is how history actually played out. But in mm-hmm. in in the in in this in the Man in the High Castle, uh, it was uh, quote unquote propaganda film, um, yep. and. Uh, the characters are all uh, basically trying to make sure that they protect this and and, and share it with uh, other people in the resistance. And, and it just seemed like it was a very, very strong, to me, very strong pilot. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to to, catch, to, to watching it uh, the rest of season one, and then it's on the season two as well. But it was it was it was a, it was a neat fun. For some hiatus viewing. Yeah, yeah. I've I was telling Will that um, I've only seen the first episode, and I haven't really returned to it. It didn't hook me like it did him, but I I might check it out considering I've heard nothing but good things, especially about the second season. So, and it's on Amazon, so it's binge worthy if you have that Prime account. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So what's, what's your uh, hiatus viewing um, well, on, on the list of uh, things, yeah, <laughs> of things to, to watch over the hiatus? <laughs> well, I don't know if you should watch this over the hiatus. I haven't, I haven't for some reason um, found anything that I'm currently binging. I've, um, however, I was over the long weekend, I found myself um, very nostalgic for an old pastime of WWE wrestling, and I fell down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos, <laughs> and I'm all caught up on the drama, and just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Damn you. <laughs> Man, I'm like, right now, I'm obsessed with The Shield, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose especially Dean Ambrose, Hmm. um, which is very odd (laughs) because he's insane. Um, So, so that's what I've been really watching right now. And I'm just getting all the details and learning more. And I haven't even bought, like the crazy thing is I, I rediscovered this on YouTube as opposed to buying 
the pass that now you can get to like it's $9.99 a month to have access to their entire archive online, which is insane. Um, but I'm tempted to go that route. I just don't know how that, how, how long this will last. So, so, so CNN nerd listeners, uh, next week or so you will hear that Sarah has bought the pass and we will include a, uh, 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 WWE set, uh, section to to our future broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Matt we're Salazar. We're going all <laughs> different ways here. <laughs> Matterson, my my old beloved co-host, he would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> Who knows? He may even accidentally crash this podcast and just help me along to catch I'll, up on all the madness. <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll just I'll just have the popcorn. So oh man speaking of popcorn we gotta talk about summer movies there's a lot coming and it's already started i feel like we're behind and summer is finally here like it's crazy yes yes we both finally have yeah yeah uh, well i was gonna say so if anybody follows us on twitter they will have seen a massive gift (laughs) war occurred over the long weekend thanks to myself and will and we basically just went at it with various gifts of guardians of the galaxy because will finally saw the second one i finally did yes i did i thoroughly enjoyed it it uh uh definitely lived up to expectations i i was i was pleasantly uh you know you, you never know with sequels um but mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that the that the Marvel universe is very very good at is keeping the level of quality up throughout their, the entire franchise. And um, it uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, one of the things that um, when I first when the movie starts is, uh, and it's just sort of a trend that we've seen here in films recently. Uh, uh, it, it is the use of you know, digitally recreating uh, people beyond this, the story. I mean, everybody kind of familiar with the story with Guardians, right? But uh, just seeing a, uh, a digitally uh, recreated younger Kurt Russell <laughs> was so little, insane. <laughs> yeah, it was a little disconcerting at first, to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, but this, but the movie itself, I mean, uh, you know, uh, cast did a great job. It was so, so, you know, I have to say Rocket Raccoon is, is all, is still my, my favorite. Bradley Cooper just, you know, nails, he just brings such like energy and stuff to, to Rocket. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, real, awesome ending um and can't wait you know and, and another thing is of course you know as as, you, as everyone knows and i still don't get this is why do people leave during the credits of a marvel movie i mean you should know by now they've been doing this since 2008 <laughs> to stay through well, the credits well in okay i'm gonna come to the people's defense considering the first galaxy of the um, guardians of the galaxy i stayed 
And all you got was um, the duck. Oh, yeah. Oh, Howard the Duck, <laughs> yes. Yeah but, yeah, but come on, Will. I mean, when it's not... Okay, a post-credit scene does not cut it anymore. No, 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 no. We're expecting tie-ins to the larger universe to be teased. We don't care about random characters. So if I stayed the first time and all they gave me was Howard the Duck, why would I stay the second time? And then I did stay the second time, and I got a slew of a lot of little previews that still none of them really excited me. I have to admit. Yeah. So. Yes. Because, I mean, I just show me some Captain America, show me a Iron Man here or something where you're like, yes, the worlds are coming together. I mean, we know Affinity War is coming, but that's really what I want to be teased with. I don't want to be teased with um, random Sylvester Stallone and gang. Yeah, but I think the Infinity War teases maybe the uh, the princess. And, okay. I mean, that, that might be potentially because I mean they. And Adam. And Adam, yeah. <laughs> I do have to admit, I like that one. I yeah. like that one. Yeah, because I mean, however. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, I saw the movie with people who. It became abundantly clear to me that I was like watching it with people who know even less about this stuff than I do, considering um, I really don't think that they understood that that was a tease for Adam Warlock or they don't even know who Adam Warlock is. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it was very amusing watching it and being and then being like, oh, that's random. And I'm like, is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not a part of the club. You don't get it. <laughs> so what was your favorite part to the whole thing? Um, favorite part of the whole thing, uh, honestly, was uh, Rocket and Groot with the kill switch. With the device, um, as far as just funny, as far as like laugh out loud for me, funny moment that was the, that. I think the um, uh, was with Drax. Dinner, basically Drax um, and his. Actually, probably no, actually no. The funny, I think the. I mean, there's so many different moments. I don't know if I had like one standout moment. I just, I just liked it as a collective whole. Huh. I um, that's a fair point. I mean, it. I think I like the first one better than this one, mm-hmm. um, because it was brand new and it was something um different. When this one, I have to admit, kind of just felt like going through the old beats. I mm-hmm. mean. We, we got to see some of these characters progress at the same time. I didn't really feel like um, it's still just, I don't know. I saw the resolution a mile away, oh, yeah. and yeah. I kind of felt like it ended at least five different times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it it yeah, that's true. So, 
I and and there I mean there were some nice moments. I just felt like they they needed to do some editing on this. There were a lot of pauses and a lot of stretches that were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing was a very redundant one with Drax trying to or not Drax but Baby Groot trying to help Rocket Raccoon and Yondu escape. And he couldn't yeah. figure out what they were saying. And, I mean, they must have done that seven times. At least. And yet every single time he would bring back something else, and I would be like, that is freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That that was a pretty – yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I, that's, as I said, I think I, – I, I can't really say there's, like, one moment that um, is, like, my, you know, all-time, you know, stands out moment. I mean, there's just so many different ones throughout that I think, you know, it, 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 it for me, it's just sort of the collective whole of the film. Um, but I, I do agree with your point. It, it did, you know, the, the, I guess the final, final, uh, uh, fight between Ego and, 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 and Star-Lord, uh, it did go on a bit long. <laughs> and, so long. Yeah. So long. It did go a bit long and then it was like, <laughs> Hey, this is it. No, <laughs> this is it. No, <laughs> we're gonna have to get one more like you know crazy special effects and then becoming these rock creatures and you know slamming into each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their ego. Hmm. I I'm still not convinced that ego was the right thing to do for the heritage part. Mm-hmm. Because it felt a bit forced in a weird way. Like, it was, yeah. Yeah, it it, it was. Uh, Yeah, it it, it was. While we were all sort of hoping for, you know, we were looking forward to this moment of, you know, Peter finally finding his, his, you know, father, it it, it, it was like, okay, we, we, we see where this is going, like, you know, halfway through the film, you're like, okay, we see where this is going. Right. I mean, Ego is probably a better villain than previous yeah. Marvel villains. I'm th- because he actually had a story, and you you got a history and understood his pathos. Mm-hmm. And and I do like what they did with the the Yondu parallel because yeah. I, I thought that was really sweet, and mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, of course, Yondu's gonna die as soon as he earns his own redemption. Obviously. Obviously. Right. So, so I mean, I, I like all of that stuff, and now Quill has his own family, but it just it felt like um, it left me with closure, and when I wanted. Um, when I wanted something that led us to the next chapter, because a part of my draw to the Marvel universe is that this is episodic mm-hmm. films, mm-hmm. Um, which has never been done before. And yet guardian still has yet to find itself tied into the rest of the universe. And especially after following up 2016, where we have civil war occur, and then later this year we have um, Thor Ragnarok, which features the Hulk. So you can see how this is adding these other characters or it's helping other franchises. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 
is really Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I was kind of helping for a little bit something else, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it goes to our earlier to your earlier point of with the with the end credits is to you know there there does need to be some you know more definitive linkage even though they are part of the shared universe it's still not completely it's not fully integrated in with the rest of the universe. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Um, comic book movie coming out soon, i.e. later this week, she probably does not need to be integrated with the rest of her universe. <laughs> hmm. Wonder who, who, Woman. Who could that be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Uh, I've got to figure out a way to, to get, get to this movie this weekend. You and me both. Got to figure out that way. So are you going because... to... So do y'all have an Alamo draft house nearby? You know, I me? Saw, yeah. Well, I, I just have to, I just brought it up uh, because of like all the the silly you know Cro Magnum nonsense on social media. Where I guess Alamo draft house, where folks are not familiar, they're having you know all women screening parties for Wonder Woman, and yeah. so all the trolls are, are 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 coming out and just being stupid again. Um, but to my people, really, you know, if folks want to have a party, you know, and make it an event, fine. I mean, it's, it's sort of like Ghostbusters last summer. I saw the same kind of stupid dynamic, but I'm sorry that Wonder Woman is gonna make more money than Batman v Superman, which features two white male characters. I'm so so very sorry. Nah. Yeah, not <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Well, actually, honestly, you know, she and we've all, you know, uh, this is, I think, pretty universally uh, viewed. Uh, view. I mean, she saved that movie. I mean, I like Batman v Superman, but, I mean, it took, she, it went to the next level every time Wonder Woman was on the screen. Um, I don't know if I can completely agree with that. Um, granted, I was very, very checked out of that movie for a majority of the time. <laughs> um, See, I'm in that rare minority that I actually did, you know, I, I really, I, I did enjoy Batman v Superman. I, I, you know, I think, not to retread that movie too much, but just, mm-hmm. um, but, I, you know, I, I think, you know, when you have two iconic characters like that, is going to be hard to to meet the expectation, and oh, yeah. and and so I thought that I, I I enjoyed it. I thought they you know for what the material what what script they had and stakes they had. I, I thought I enjoyed the movie. Because uh, yeah, I, I looked yeah. at it standalone, you know, I, I tried not to get to the whole DC film cinematic universes versus Marvel cinematic universe. I just looked at it as its own standalone film and, and didn't compare it to the Marvel because Marvel is a completely different creature than what Zack Snyder has been trying to do with the DC universe. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I watched the extended cut, so I, I was not, and I still have yet to see actually the original cut of that film. Um, and I think that was the f- 
first, the major complaints was about the editing of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I watched the extended one, I couldn't help think to myself, I'm like, why is this so freaking long? (laughs) (laughs) And, and honestly, while I was watching them, I'm like, yeah, what could you have taken out that would have still made this story make sense? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the reactions um, I started to put together and, um, I, I think she was good in it. Um, but I'm mainly going to see, I, I mainly want to see Wonder Woman is because of that first trailer. Yeah. Um, was so spectacular. And I mm-hmm. think it's one of their, their better trailers and, um, it's a completely different style. It's a different look. It, yeah. it feels refreshed, um, yeah. in a way. And, I trust Patty Jenkins more than I do Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, she did a tremendous job with, uh, you know, her breakout, you know, was obviously Monster with yeah. uh, Shirley Theron, and uh, you know, which I which I really enjoyed that that film, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I mean, you're, you're thematically the the trailer definitely set the tone. Um, it's, it definitely seems oh, a lot. It yeah, it's, it's, it just seems, you know, with the Snyder verse being so dark and dank, trying to just, you know, even darker than Christopher Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this is a, this, this is a, it, I think just by the lightness and the tone alone is going to, um, you know, set the standard for the, ne- the next round of DC films and, you know, may even sh- make a you know tonal shift in that universe. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, we'll see. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of universe that they've already shot. And so it's always interesting to see how they, um, reframe things and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, to, to your point, you should go into these things just for the movie itself and, DC has yet to really establish that that universe that Marvel has. So when I make complaints about Guardians 2 not connecting, it's because by this point they should connect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman is her own story. You have to introduce her. You have to set the stage. Batman and Superman, they probably did it too soon. I mean, I know they didn't want to copy Marvel and everything, and they are established characters at the same time. These versions we have no ties directly to. We right. have Man of Steel, which, yeah, there's Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had some problems with that movie, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, Definitely looking yeah, forward yeah. to it. Me too, me too. No, not looking forward to Transformers um, 5. Yeah, and, and and complete disclosure, listeners, neither one of us have seen Transformers Four. So why would we? Why would exactly. we? Why should we? I think I think this is a very proud moment for us both. Yes, high five, virtual <laughs> high five, reach across the. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I just I can't do it. I I cannot watch. Transformers again. I don't care who they put in these movies. Anthony Hopkins is now in it. I don't care. I'm not gonna buy it. They are not getting my money. Yeah. Yes. It's, I need the GIF instead of uh, you know, sh- you know, shut up and take my money. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna be putting my money back in. It'll be like uh, Chevy Chase and uh, 
National Lampoon's Vacation where he's just like cousin Eddie and just sticks the money back into the wallet whenever he finds out how much she needs for a surgery. (laughs) You know, I I am curious, though, to see how well it does at the box office, considering this past weekend we're starting to see the articles come out about how how bad – Baywatch and Pirates of the Caribbean did. Yeah, yeah. And both are blaming the critics and Rotten Tomatoes for it. So I'm curious, like, such a hated um, franchise as Transformers who always get panned by the critics, and yet even Transformers 4 made, I believe, a billion dollars in the box office. Yeah. So people still, like, you know, it's the brain candy effect. Um, I mean, Michael, Michael Bay does, you know, that, that's the shtick. Uh, it works. It's sort of like, you know, there, there is a market for it. People like it. Uh, you, you, you know what you're going in there knowing what it is. Um, but it's But then just, why didn't, why didn't Pirates of the Caribbean do good? Um, see, I think that franchise is just tired. I mean, not, not that Transformers is any more energetic or anything, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, I, I just think Johnny Depp just needs to just retire that character. They need to stop that franchise. And just mm-hmm. or, or or yeah, I mean, it's just like okay, we've you know, some franchises work and can mm-hmm. continue to go on and thrive, and then others just reach their their natural shelf life, and I think Pirates is one of those that has just reached this point of diminishing returns, and they just need to cut it off. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting if you were to retrospectively look at the and compare both the franchises of Pirates and Transformers, because for my mind, both of them died with the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I haven't even seen the second Pirates movie or the third or the fourth. I, I mean, either. for some I... reason, Transformers, I saw the second and then I even went back and saw the third I and then too. I drew a line. Yep. Same here. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, why? Why? This, yeah. This, uh, okay. Yeah. We, uh, I guess, I guess because it's a Paramount that uh, I guess they just you know it's like we we know this cat this is a cash cow we'll just throw it out there but you know people it's a franchise yeah. and you know we Michael Bay will just deliver for us but uh, but for folks who are interested in, in seeing it it, it, it is uh, being released on June 21st um, mm-hmm. so um, so yeah give us your feedback folks um, we we love tell it. us if you're give us a reason the, give, yeah. Give us a reason to go see it. Or you can, or you can I, ratify our, our feelings. <laughs> um, so another movie coming out, I think, first week of July, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep, is July, yep July 7th, so the big holiday week, end the holiday weekend. Okay, so it's safe to say Spider-Man is getting my money. Yes, yes. I am... A bit pissed off though at its marketing. Yeah, I I saw the the well, so when I watched Guardians this weekend, I will say the mm-hmm. the the trailer that I saw with Guardians was was better than one yeah. of the earlier ones I saw. Um, yeah, I think that's like its third one. Yeah, 
third main one. But for for this movie, I feel like it had my money as soon as the first one dropped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you count um, Civil War as being a preview for Spider-Man, then yeah. as soon as I saw Civil War, <laughs> it yeah. had my money. Yeah, it had it, yeah. Come on. Um, and yeah. I... And I did not watch, I haven't watched really any of the trailers since, but um, I've heard things about the trailers and what it gives away and how certain story points are in there. And so you're starting to put together the pieces. And that's really what's been bothering me as of late about these movies, Will, is that I feel like I, I know my expectations are high. And when I sit down and watch the movie, it's more about, I remember that from the trailer. Yes. I remember that from the trailer. Yes. And and I don't know if that's the right way to be watching a movie, and it kind of takes away from that experience. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, it, it, it. I don't know who, as far as the advertising, marketing, focus groups, has said, yeah, we, we want this. And clearly, you know, there is a reason for them cutting these trailers that way they are because nothing is put out there without it being focus grouped and marketed to death, attested to death. Right. But for me, as a you know, I don't know, maybe I was old, you know, old school or, or whatever. But I don't want to know like every single plot point before going into the movie. Maybe that's why yep. they watch and other things are like not doing well at the box office. Yep. Is yep. I'll just wait till it comes out on. DV, you know, DVD or H, you know, or or um, on Blu-ray because it's like, well, I already know what's going on. You, you told me I'm so, you know, you know, I'm gonna save my yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, the movie experience. Yeah, I mean, it's not that you know, other than the bigger screen. I mean, you know, hell, people have just the smart screens in their home with the with the tricked-out sound system. So. <laughs> Right. And I, I mean, I think this is a common thing now to start avoiding trailers and I'll still watch the first one yeah. just to make sure. And then I'll start to kind of steer away because yeah. now it's not just that they have trailers, they have freaking TV spots. Or if you're a YouTube obsessor like me, they have YouTube trailers. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes you, and sometimes you get spoiled by the end with the endings. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, it's like it's nonstop. It's relentless yeah. with these marketing campaigns. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it's it's amazing. And there are a few experiences where I think. Um, I'll never forget the first time I saw The Dark Knight or Inception in theaters because in both of those cases, I watched not the first trailer, but I just watched the teaser. And I'm like, you have my money. Yep. I don't need anything else. And I don't need anything spoiled. And I went in blind and it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Usually, I will freely admit, I you know, whenever I hear that the first trailer is going to drop, I, I do... I do want to see it, you know, just just to be mm-hmm. part of that shared experience, that shared cultural geek experience of like boom, you know, like when we like for example when the uh, uh, Star Wars trailer just dropped uh, during the um, uh, Star Wars con a few few months ago, you know, I had to see it. You know, so there are certain trailers out where I will, I freely admit, will say I've got to see it. But then after that, you know, I 
you know, I, I don't have that same like must need to see it the day it drops kind of feel anymore. So, right. um, you know, so, you know, so I, I do enjoy that, like I said, the element of surprise and being able to go in dark and not see like, you know, 30%, you know, whatever percentage of the film, like already revealed to me. Yeah. These days it's more like 80 to 90%. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other news though recently came out about Spider-Man. Uh, they're making the Venom movie mm-hmm. solo. Yep. And Mr. Tom Hardy got cast as Venom, yes. which has me just so excited. I'm so <laughs> happy. <laughs> I, 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 when I saw Tom was cast as Venom, I was excited, but then at the same time, I'm like, I couldn't help but think about Bane. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Drop some knowledge on me, buddy. Just break just, it down. I, I, just how uh, you know when I when I look back, you know, when I look at the Dark Knight Rises um, and Bane and his portrayal. It's just so cartoonish, you know. And it, I guess it would be hard for anyone to follow. Um, you know, follow the, you know, Heath Ledger's portrayal, you know, villainous portrayal. But um, I, I just hope that, yeah, I, I just, I just hope I don't like have, you know, every time he opens his mouth with Venom, I, I hear Bane's weird voice come out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's more oh, bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, or even Shins, not... even or even Shinzon when he played uh, uh, in Star Trek in the last Star Trek film. Mm. Now, look, okay. Yeah. Wait, Tom Hardy was in the last Star Trek. Movie? Yes, yes, he played Captain Picard's clone. What? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. So. Um... Okay. All yeah. right. I learned something new about Tom Hardy every day, and I swear that man, like, does he sleep well? Because he's in everything now. He is in everything. Movies that I don't even know he's in. Yeah. He's in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I, was like, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, Tom Hardy's in. Well, geez, he's like, hardest working man in showbiz. He's like Morgan Freeman. He's like, everywhere you show up, turn around. Oh, there he is. Or Samuel L. Jackson. He's the, he's the young Samuel L. You really took off on that. <laughs> um, hiatus binge recommendation and Peaky Blinders. Tom Hardy appears in the second season and he's a character who he, he does something in that that I don't think I've seen him do in other movies that he's been in. Let me just put it that way. He's a Jewish mobster and Killian Murphy is in it. It's on Netflix. It's, it's one of my favorite shows, I have to say. Peaky Blinders. Okay. Watch it. It's it's worth the binge. I, I will say, though, what excites me more is that Tom Hardy's at this place now where he's pretty much a star. And he does more independent and more TV and a lot of stuff that is more story-driven. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he decided, hey, I'm going to do this Venom movie knowing Spider-Man's not going to appear in it 
and it's kind of disconnected and there's all of these contracts now with the Spider-Man rights. So I'm very curious about the script. Let me put it that way. Also, my Spider-Man love comes from the uh, animated series. Mm. Um, And in that animated series, they featured Venom. And I always remember that storyline. So as long as this gets us there, I'll be fine. Yeah. Now, which animated series are that? uh... The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, I know there was one like that came. There was one that came on back in the '90s that I used to watch that I loved. Yes, yes, it was the '90s one because it was Spider-Man and Batman '90s cartoons that I watched as a as a little girl. Okay, yeah, that yeah, I love that that scene with Eddie Brock. Yeah, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, actually, I like invested in the in the DVDs some time ago because it was such a it was really a well done series. That, you and know, stays with you. There's does. just something about it where yeah. you're just like, that is a great story, and yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, as long as we get there. Um, speaking about moving forward in these series, <laughs> War of the Planet of the Apes is finally here. Yes, drops July 14th. I like how we did this in order of release date and not even realize it. I did not plan that well. See, I, whatever I thought you did. See, why'd you have to review? Nope. Reveal that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'll, maybe I'll try. I'll try to edit it out. <laughs> I was like, this is like, like a genius. I was going through the run of the show. I was like, Sarah's a genius. She just like, just you know, hit some highlights of films, you know, this summer, and it just all sort of fell chronologically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what are your thoughts on the current trilogy of the Planet of the Apes movies? Okay, so I must have to, in full disclosure, I have not seen any of the, tri- of the new trilogy. So I'm going to have to... What? Yes, I, I, it, was, I, it was the best of intentions, but, I mean, life happens, you know? So I, I've got I've to I've make up for lost time on that. I mean, I've seen all the, I've seen all the originals. For what it's worth. Right. I, I would... Yeah. I would do it. Well, I would do it. It's worth it. I, I was pretty surprised. I didn't see the first one. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was all the hype for the second one. So I decided to go back and check it out. And I have to say it surprised me. And I really like the second one. There's some shots in the second one that blew me away. Okay. Um. And now we're here, and we know what's going to happen. And have you seen the trailers? Yes, I have. Yeah, I mean, I so, do want to. I do want to see it. I mean, it does look super awesome. So you know the little girl in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Do you know who she is? No, I mean, I'm completely blind. It's no, you're not, because you've seen the originals. Oh, um. There's a slave girl he meets when he first crashes on the planet of the apes. That's right. 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 right that's, that's right. That's her. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh. They went there. Oh, I've got to watch the originals again because it's been a few years since I've watched the Hudson ones and Fred James Francisco. So, oh, I've got to watch that. Okay. All right. 
All right, you convinced yeah. me. All right, I got to carve out some time. Yeah, and um, but the the trilogy itself, um, I don't think I don't think you should watch like the third one without having seen the previous two because Caesar's arc is really strong. Okay, and um, uh, in the trailers, since you watch those. You you kind of see he talks about how he didn't want this and yet here he is and he's doing what he has to do to protect his own and that took him a while to get there and so it's really interesting to see that um, come about full circle so um, cool. yeah yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll definitely check it out I guess I guess and I guess uh, I guess the part of another reason why I haven't seen the modern ones I, I did see the one with uh, Mark Wahlberg a few years ago and. Uh, just, that doesn't count. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> they it, erased it, it from history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it kind of soured the my you know viewing things. I was like, well, I mean, I knew it wasn't like a continuation of that story, but still, I know it was a reboot of a reboot. But yeah, and plus, I mean, in the first one of this trilogy, Tom Felton is in it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> just for that reason alone, as we discussed before, uh, it, you know. If there's an actor in some other project, will that drive you to go, you know, see them in some other project? And I, I that has weighed on my on my mind as far as like when I saw you, you put War or the Fort of Planet of the Apes down on our on our on our rundown. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't. But <laughs> um. So, so you know how they always talk about how Matthew McConaughey had like the McConaissance. Mm-hmm. Is Woody Harrelson kind of in that boat? Because this summer he not only appears alongside the Apes, but he also then in August co-stars with Brie Larson in Glass Castle. Yes, he does. And this you actually introduced me to. Um to this one, so so please enlighten me. Um, okay, so I know about this movie because I want to say about five years ago I I read this memoir and it and it's really good. It's a really strong book, and and so um, I always knew that they were looking at making a movie, but I never actually thought it would happen, and so I'm very happy to see it. And it was funny watching the trailer because I'm like. Oh yeah, I remember this story. I remember what happens and what's it about. And it's it's a really interesting take on family dynamics and the desire to. We're always looking at our parents as our heroes, mm-hmm. um, but there's also parts of our parents that we're constantly like, oh well you screwed up, so I'm going to do it differently, and I'm going to do it the right way. And and so you kind of go against them at the same time. And I feel like a lot of people, they both want to be their parents and not be their parents simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's like this battle. Um, and, and that's what Glass Castle is about. It's about this, um, this girl played by Brie Larson, who's Somebody else whose just career has taken off. If you haven't yeah. seen Short Term 12, go and watch it. It's amazing. She honestly, as much as I liked Room, she should have won for Short Term 12. Hmm. I think she did better in Short Term 12. Huh. 
Um, so long story short, um, it's just a really good indie film that I wanted to mention because we talk about the popcorn films. Everyone knows about them, but I think this film we have, um, in, I don't want to know when it drops, but the book of Henry, that is a trailer. If I've ever seen one, that trailer takes a dark turn that I did not expect. And I'm very curious about it. It's the follow-up movie for Colin Trevorrow who directed uh, Jurassic world. Okay. Um, and (laughs) just watch the trailer and you'll understand what I say about it. And speaking of room, the little boy in room stars in it. So I think that's one to put on your radar as well if you're into indie movies. All right. I, I, I am, and I, and I will. Oh, and then there's Baby Driver, of course. Tell me, okay. See, and, yeah, so what's this one yeah. about? Um, it is about a um, – you know how there's always the, the um, getaway driver? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's Baby Driver. That's Baby. His name is Baby. <laughs> I did not write this character. And it's Edgar Wright, I believe, is the director. And so that's what has everybody really curious about it. Um, and it's slew of stars. Slew. Slew. So. All right. Well, see, you, you have given me three three new things to, to add to the, to the watch list. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I try. (laughs) I like how I'm trying to give the descriptions, and this is just classic me in the sense that I always start with, well, this person from this other movie plays this character. (laughs) I'm not talking about the story. I just, like, know who's in it. No, 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 that's great. I mean, like, again, it goes to our point of, you know, how, you know, the degrees of bacon. And so, yeah, hey, it, it works every time. In every in every yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of time, I think it's the time of will, right? Yes, it's the time of will. So time of will. Time of will. Yes. Yeah, so here's here's a section of the show, y'all, where I could just just uh, riff on a few few things that have, that is of interest to me. So. Uh, this week, uh, one of the things that I mentioned this earlier in the show was the my my hiatus watching of um, Man in a High Castle. So again, that's oh, I will be dropping little nuggets about that throughout our hiatus break uh, of shows. Um, also, um, I've for all the Flash fans who who um, who've been listening to us and. Um, are having a uh, withdrawal due to the show not being on, this is a great time for you to go get into the comic books. Uh, Joshua Williamson has uh, been doing a just tremendous job uh, with the Flash Rebirth. Um, not Rebirth in the sense of the Rebirth from a few years ago, but the whole DC Comics reboot, Rebirth of their comic book universe uh, after the New 52. Um we're up to episode 23. It dropped today. Uh, it is, comes on the hills of uh, after the uh, crossover series, The Button, with uh, Batman, which, well, uh, yeah. How did The Button end? 
How did it end? Well, so I don't want to. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so the button. I was about to get there, Sarah. Just be patient, please. Come on, it's my story time. It's a story time. It's my story time. It basically <laughs> the button ended with um, uh, something happening to Eobard Fawn, and it is going to be an offshoot to another crossover series in November that will drop uh, on the, the Doomsday Clock, uh, which does for Doomsday. Yes, that is a reference to Superman. So. Um, Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> just, just a minor one, you know. That actually, you know what? It's the 25th anniversary of Doomsday uh, Killing Superman. By the way. Oh my God! So wait, so it's not like the 25th anniversary of Doomsday. No, it's the of what he did to Superman. Right, right. But no, but this new series is part of the whole rebirth, and folks who've been reading the the rebirth. Uh, of, of, of series of, of books um, are uh, are familiar with that, but um, yeah. So at the end of the button, uh, the button kind of changes shape. It, it's basically a time palisman, and um, I will say there was a, a, a certain Mercury themed helmeted figure that showed up in the uh, in the finale book of uh, in, in Flash Twenty Two. So take that for what it is. Flash, flash, watchers and readers will know who I'm talking about. So I don't want to spoil. I want to give too much away. But it's a very that's a very strong series. Another strong series that I've been um, following is the Lazarus Lazarus contract. With um, it's this a crossover between the Titans, Deathstroke, and Teen Titans, uh, where Slade Wilson is. Uh, uh, set to trap uh, to get the Wally uh, West plural um, mm-hmm. to uh, basically to steal their speed for his his own end. And um, I've just picked up the last two books in the series today. I haven't had a chance to read them, but uh, I'll I will follow up with just a little few nuggets here and there as far as the uh, um, uh, Lazarus. Uh, Contracts series that's uh, been playing out in, the, in those three books. Quick question. Yeah. Does this contract have anything to do with the League of Assassins? Uh, it has to do with Slade's son. Okay, so whose name is I forget. Um, I have to go back. It's been a couple weeks since I read it. Slade's son is he has two sons, and the one son has died, and Slade feels very responsible. For it and blames Wally West, the original Wally West, um, for um, you know not being you know right being of much help. So um, yeah, so he, he basically lures a trap to, to try to trap the the older Wally, and, and in doing so, the younger Wally falls into the falls for the trap and. Slate steals the speed, and like I said, I have, so, I have I haven't read the last two books yet, so I have to I can't I, I don't I don't know what happens. So it's kind of ironic because I did want to mention this when we were talking about the Arrow season five finale. Um, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Oliver bring up that he found um, Slade's son? I think so. I, I think yeah. 
think you're right. Which I'm I'm not sure if they're gonna if I have a feeling that was put in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so and which which goes back to what they did first season of Legends with that great crossover episode with Arrow. Um, they um, Slade's son was the bad guy. That's right. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, just picture this for a moment, and then we can go back to Will's time, but. You have Oliver learning how to be a father, simultaneously trying to battle against Slade's son. So you have that switch. <laughs> <laughs> Who and and Slade and him, there's like camaraderie, and they even have a father-son relationship type deal. So they do, yeah. There there would be so many layers with that, but I'll digress and go back to um, the time of hope. Yeah, well. That's that is what I have this week for the time of will. Ah, well, came to a close, but um, it's interesting. What is with all the contracts? Like, I mean, there's that Judas contract and now a League of Assassins contract. What other contracts do I need to be aware of? Oh, uh, see, there is the hmm contract. Well, let's see. I think those are the, those are the, those. Two main contracts right now. Um, I can't think of any others right now. I'm drawing it's okay. a blank. I'm drawing a blank. It's okay. I mean, the only reason why I know about the Judas contract is because that could be these what they use to model the next Batman movie off of. But all speculation, all speculation. Lots of speculations well, out there. Yeah, speaking of speculation, speak and Deathstroke, I was just right before we got on to CBS, I was reading um, where uh, Manu Bennett was hopeful, just, just putting it out there that he would like to possibly see a Slade Wilson, Wilson Deathstroke spinoff series for uh, as well for sometime in the future. He was just going back and forth with the fans on, on Twitter, so that would be a, that would be a fun show. I I don't know. I, I he's such a good bad guy. Yeah. I don't know if and I also I feel like he's stronger when he pops up in episodes mm-hmm. and and then goes away for a little bit and comes back and and there and he's like a looming presence. So I don't know if he can support an entire um season. True. Maybe well, maybe it's like a little short. Maybe you know uh, an abbreviated season. Speaking of, um, we've talked about this. Well, they don't do short seasons. They don't do short seasons. <laughs> maybe, maybe if they could, like, maybe with the new, uh, see, um, maybe like, see, maybe they could do something like on the CW, um, the the um, seed. seed, seed. That could be a good. That, that could be a good place for it. Speaking of uh, potential, other one other other one other Tom and Will point. Uh, uh, TVLine.com had a uh, uh, what the uh, possible land destinations for uh, people for actors and actresses who uh, uh, shows were canceled. And uh, of course, during the Flash season three, there was a lot of uh, nuggets dropped uh, about uh, Devo and uh, one mm-hmm. of the. Uh, uh, TVLine.com dropped a potential idea for 
the bow, uh, an actor for him is uh, David uh, uh, Gentoli from Grimm. As a possible, oh, is the main guy? Yeah, as a possible okay. as a possible candidate that they would like to see. Nothing, nothing. I think it's just just wishful thinking that people have, but. I think we're. I think it's pretty. I think we're. It's pretty safe to assume that Devo is going to be, the thinker is going to be a villain in season four. It's just a matter of uh, who they who they cast to, to play it. And the TV line, like I said, had their faults as far as uh, who who that could, a potential actor that could, could fill that role. See, um, so it's funny because um, prior to get on getting on Skype with you this this evening I was watching a video about how um the the god speed if yes. I'm saying yes is because of the lightning mm-hmm. that occurs yep um which I mean they can do both right I, I mean we've we've seen them do it before and I feel like you almost have to do it both because you have one set up the primary um, you have one set up the first half of the season and then you have one follow it through during the second half. However, something I've been noticing is that whenever they do the dual villains, who's ever the first one is always a stooge. And yep. that really irritates me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I think in Arrow this year, they did it pretty well um, because, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name. He he was only in um, six episodes, and then Prometheus killed him. And I'm trying to think of who he was, but um, my point being, he wasn't necessarily a stooge, and he was entirely dispensable, though, and he, he kind of served his purpose of yeah. getting us, and and um, it it just it just helped build Prometheus's character. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I meant to bring that up earlier too about the. Godspeed and also the Speed Force Lightning. I read a similar thing today uh, as well about uh, again the new rebirth, not the rebirth from a few years ago written by Jeff Johns, but the, the current one by Josh Williamson, uh, Flash Rebirth, and uh, talking about Godspeed and the Speed Force Lightning and the um, army of speedsters that were that was created due to people getting average folks getting struck by lightning. Uh, early on in the series, um, but um, uh, yeah, it's a potential storyline for uh, for for season four. But again, I think it's been pretty de- pretty definitive from the producers that there's not going to be a speedster in, in season four. So evil speedster, I should say. So I don't know how that fits in with Godspeed. I see what you did there. You uh, emphasized evil speedster. Yeah doesn't mean there won't be a speedster. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. And I think even though um, it had me a little bit excited at the same time, it's like, really? They're going to just give us a whole slew <laughs> after, after we've just complained about having multiple speedsters yeah. be the villains and yeah. how tiresome it was. It's yeah. just... <sighs> and, I, and I mean, why do you even need to go there? I mean, you have your your perfect villain who's a the epitome of the Flash with the reverse Flash. So yeah. why do you even need to just add more and more and more and not really create a 
full universe that has a lot of different characters. So, right. One um, thing, yeah, one thing from the from the rebirth written by Jeff Johns though that they that has could be teased that could be is we do need a a, a replacement Black Flash and from the Jeff Johns rebirth from several years ago, uh, Barry, spoiler alert, Barry was a a Black Flash for a brief period in, in, in that in that series. So um Do it. Yeah, so <laughs> that's one way they could bring bring them back. You know, you know, they have such you know the, the cool thing about the T V universe is they, they take some of the best elements from, from the comics and, and make it their own. Um so we, we shall see. We shall see. And, all right. Everybody. All right, and that's that's and that's that's your time with Will today. That's your time with Will. That's your time with Sarah. And you can follow me on Twitter at SJBelmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And Will, where they where can they find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And we have both been given the keys to the kingdom and are going to reinvigorate the scene and nerd Twitter handle, so if you are currently not following us there, please do. Maybe we'll have some gift wars occur um, with that handle as well. Um, and then, most importantly, always go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud, and find us so you can rate, subscribe, and comment. Let us know you're out there, let us know you're listening, and we'll continue talking. <laughs> and let us know what you want to talk about. Um, send us article links that you think is interesting, um, and share your own thoughts, and who knows, maybe you can find yourself on the show, too. So, on that note, good night and geek out. You're welcome.